Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. On today's episode, we're joined by Steve Rio, who is the CEO and founder of Nature of Work. Steve Rio is a social impact entrepreneur, futurist, philosopher, and transformational coach. He's the founder of Nature of Work and also Bright Web. And he's also the host of Now with Steve Rio, a podcast that explores what it means to live a good life. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know that lifestyle design, how we do what we do, life purpose, these are all things that I'm trying to really uncover and develop tools and skills that we can use so that we can be our best. Whether you work from home, you work a nine to five, or you're an entrepreneur, uh, this is stuff that I think is really, really important. This is a two-part episode. This first part of the interview with Steve really focuses on, on how we work what we can work towards, how we can get better, how we can be more productive with less time uh, so that we can do the things that we love to do. The part two of this is takes a very different approach where we talk all about the transformational properties of 5-MEO-DMT. Yeah, uh, the second part of this is going to be great in part two. Uh, but for now, here's a couple highlights about what we talk about. Uh, we talk about uh, the importance of reflecting on your workday. Um, scoring it as a uh, scale of one to five. We talk about techniques like opening and closing your workday. So many of us take uh, the end of our workday kind of into the evening time and we go to sleep thinking about the work that we're doing and what we have to do tomorrow without actually like having bookends to, to start our day. We talk about his process of becoming um, um, a tech entrepreneur and then working with agencies. We talk about futurism. Um, we talk about how we can rethink how we work remotely. Um, we talk about the attention economy. We talk about uh, how the nature of work aims to create personal operating systems to be more productive. You know, if you could get back two or three or four hours in your day by being a little bit more intentional and by using some of these tools, then you can go live your life and do some of the things that you love to do. Here are a couple of quotes. We need a personal operating system to make decisions about how we're going to spend our time and attention. Quote. You are refining the way you approach your day, winning back two to four hours per day. Quote, purpose ultimately is just making lives better. Your life, other lives, just moving lives forward. I'm really excited to uh, show you this episode, to release this episode, because um, so many of us are, are looking for tools and frameworks that will help us. You can go to natureofwork.co and you can join for free, kind of understand what they do. And I, uh, for those of you that are interested in becoming better, more productive, with less stress, I think that this is a really, really great framework, and Steve is just a super fascinating person. Before we jump into the episode, I just want to thank one of our brand new sponsors. I am so, so excited to bring this to you. This episode is brought to you by Element. Element is a delicious, sugar-free, keto-friendly electrolyte drink mix. We need salt, and we need electrolytes. If you've been paleo, keto, or low-carb for a while, you may have experienced the headaches, the cramping, the hunger, and the tiredness, and even the downright grumpiness associated with not getting enough electrolytes. As an intermittent faster myself, I felt that mid-morning slump more times than I care to admit, and that's where Element saves the day. 
I add element to my reverse osmosis water and shake it up, drink it down, and I immediately feel like my thirst is quenched. I feel more focused, more alert, and Element offers a bunch of great tasting flavors like citrus salt and lemon habanero, which has a nice little kick to it. I've been adding their versatile new flavor, chocolate salt, to my decaf coffee in the afternoon for a nice little midday treat. Uh, I take it in my water bottle when I go on hikes with my family, and I feel like I could go all day. No joke. Other sports drinks that I won't name are packed with sugar and colorants and chemicals that are just super gnarly that you and stuff that you don't want in your body. Who else uses Element? Marine units, NFL teams, NBA teams, and super biohackers like Rob Wolf and Tim Ferriss. The nice folks at Element have given my listeners, that is you, this insane offer. You can go to drinkelement, that's drinklmnt.com forward slash OP, and they'll give you a sample pack of eight, and all you have to do is pay for shipping. So for five bucks, you can try this amazing electrolyte drink mix. They're so confident that you're going to love it that uh, that they're willing to give it away basically for the cost of shipping. So I just want to say thank you. Um, a lot of you are eating keto and a lot of you are feeling the effects of not getting enough electrolytes. So go to drinkelement, drinklmnt.com forward slash OP and get eight packets for five bucks. Okay, on to the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Steve Rio. Well, I'd like to start with the first question that I ask all of my guests, um, which which is, where, uh, what time is it where you are right now, and what have you put into your body? Uh, it is two thirty six p.m. Pacific time. I have put a lot of water, a bunch of decaf coffee, some MCT oil. And an incredible uh, home-cooked meal for my one meal of the day, which was like uh, short uh, short ribs in a slow cooker with fresh mashed potatoes and broccoli and all sorts of good things. All right. Uh, yeah. Are you? Have you been doing? Are you? Are you strictly OMAD and you take you do your meal kind of in the middle part of the day? Pretty much. Yeah. I. I'll sometimes have like um, a broth or a sal- light salad around five o'clock, but typically I eat one big meal a day, and then and then I I fast through till about yeah start my start my eating around eleven twelve o'clock in the in the day. Nice. Uh, any supplements or tinctures or droppers or extracts or? Oh man, yeah, I'm on a I'm on a pretty serious. Um, supplement regime but my wife puts it together for me and i probably couldn't list all of it but let me give it a crack i'm um i'm definitely taking vitamin d vitamin b12 i'm taking i was taking rhodiola but that's been switched with ashwagandha um i'm taking i take a i take like fish oil not in pill supplement but like in a poured supplement like i drink a bunch of that every day um shoot there's like about three or four others I'm on. Basically, I um, about seven years ago, six, seven years ago, I found out that I had kidney disease. And it was kind of like out of the blue. I was feeling really exhausted, but I wasn't overly sick. Most people find out they have my disease when their kidneys fail mm-hmm. and they just go down. And um, my kidney function was at about uh, a third of typical really healthy function, but um, or a little more than that. Um, but it wasn't the worst. And 
and I, I made a conscious choice at that point to not take, not take medication to basically make a whole bunch of lifestyle changes. And one of those changes is, is the supplements, uh, and the fish oil was a big part of that. Um, as well as just, uh, really getting clear on what I put in my body in terms of food. Yeah. Like in terms, in terms of, um, allergies, uh, and sensitivities, like just really learning to reduce as much of the inflammation as possible in my body. Uh, so yeah, yeah that's I'll, why, that's why all the supplements. Yeah. Well, in, 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 well, in my world and especially on this podcast, you know, you should hear some of the answers to that first question, which, you know, I mean, uh, liposomal, you know, colloidal silver and you know three droppers of you know this this super tincture and stuff so you know you're you're i was pretty 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 normal yeah that's (laughs) yeah you're 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 quite normal on the supplement list there um we can go so many different directions in this conversation which is exciting to me and also a problem for you know one podcaster to another is to like how to cultivate and direct this conversation. Uh, one way that I would like to start is to is to talk a little bit about the nature of work. Um, cool. I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the the organization, obviously, but also the nature of work. So, if you wouldn't if you wouldn't mind, just sort of give us an idea of of what what you're trying to achieve with nature of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, some a quick background on me is like I've been in tech for a lot of my career, well, really most of my career. I was a musician until my mid-20s, and then I started building uh, digital agencies and building technology and doing all sorts of things. And um, and so I've most of my life, I've been a pretty big tech evangelist and a futurist and really excited about technology in general. And um, I think I had a few experiences through, and I, and I still am on one front. I mean, we're able to do this podcast on two different remote islands and that is fucking phenomenal. Right. Like, and there's, there's a lot of amazing things happening in the world. Uh, but I, I also noticed with my teams and with the way we were communicating, um, my last company had about, uh, 50 or 60 people working around the globe in like 25 cities around the world. And we used a lot of technology to communicate and, um, like, you know, so Slack and a lot of zoom and a, and a lot of project management software and emails flying. So just a ton of noise in our work environments. And, um, and I think that combined with like people's personal technology habits and just how fast the world is moving and how many distractions there are at all times and the emergence of the attention economy, like the, the massive rise in, the race for our attention, right? Like our attention is being monetized to create the richest people ever in human history. And, um, those sort of ideas culminating, um, made me realize that we need, uh, to become aware of, of, of how we're engaging with our work, engaging with, uh, our technology, engaging with our time and our attention. And, um, I just started thinking about that and I got kind of obsessed and I started researching a tremendous amount. And, uh, that was like three years ago, four years ago, I started thinking about it. And then I started talking to people and they were interested because everyone is sort of feeling this. I don't have enough time. I feel distracted all the time. I'm exhausted when I don't know why I'm so exhausted. You know, I think there's just like a level of we're reaching a boiling point with that. And, and as I talked to people, it got me more interested. And so the rabbit hole got deeper (laughs) 
And all of this research culminated in what I refer to as a personal operating system. So it's, it's, um, it, 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 that idea comes from, from stoicism where we used to have bodies of wisdom and there was different groups of wisdom, but they were there to help recommend and advise how to live a good life. And, um, and for me, this is, it, it sort of comes from that idea, but we need a personal operating system to make decisions about how we're going to spend our time and attention, how we're going to structure our days, what we're going to focus on, what's most important to us. Um, and basically just how to get our shit together so we can get more done. We can lower stress and anxiety, um, and we can make more change in the world. And so that's how nature mm-hmm. of work, the, our, my company was born. And basically I sold my agency last year in order to focus full time on this and then also in the psychedelic space. But mo- like, I just realized it was, it, it was really important and, and time to focus on it. So that's, that's what the pro and basically it's an eight week program. You go through, you go through it with others in a cohort. You can do it on your own as well, but you know, the main offering is basically go through it over eight weeks with a cohort. And, um, over the eight weeks you learn all sorts of, um, habit change, you implement practices, you're tracking every day, you're journaling every day, you're setting goals for yourself. You're trying all these different things out and you're refining the way you approach your day. Hmm. And people like I'd say the main outcomes for people is winning back anywhere from two to four hours per day, like finding two to four hours of of net new time to get more things done or to relax more Mm -hmm. or hang out with their families and whatnot um, and to just lower stress and anxiety. Um, so yeah. that's that's what I've been really focused on in the nature of work side. Yeah, I mean, you, you said something that that uh, I think uh, will stand out for a lot of people is like, how can I get more things done and have less stress? And I think that that for a lot of people, those those are diametrically no. opposed, right? And and yeah. you're saying no, no, it, this is habits, disciplines, um, self awareness techniques that will help you. Um, do do more, do better, and also be less stressed. I, I think that's a valiant, a valiant aim, my man. Well, and it it's not rocket science. The the <laughs> the, in, the interesting thing here is that like uh you know when the fax machine was invented, it completely radicalized business because suddenly instead of you and I doing business and us mailing each other a contract and mailing at each other paperwork to to move forward, I could fax you something instantly. Business overnight just started speeding up. Email radically shifted the pace of which we work. The internet radically shaped the pace of how we work. In, like instant messaging, all these things. Like so, technology has basically, uh, you know, crept into everything we do around business and around life, and that's made a lot of things much better and and way more possible, right? But at the same time, it's changed the pace of everything we do. And if we're not careful, we basically work at the pace of machines versus the the pace of a human being. And in the rhythm of of machines instead of the rhythms of human beings, and so like, but but when you reformat, when you pull back from from that sort of nonstop, always on mentality, and you get in a, in a natural flow, you get way more done in way less time. And like everybody who's in performance knows that you perform at your best when you're when you when you when you lower stress, when you can get focused in, um, when you know like there, when you can get into flow states, when you can get into peak performance modes. Right. And, um, and I think like we've just never, there's never been a conversation about how we work, about our approach to work, like about the practice of work. And I always equate it to uh, elite athletes, right? Like if you're an elite athlete or you want to be an elite athlete, let's say you want to play basketball, right? 
and you study basketball all day long and you practice your your shot all day long you and you learn every rule of the game all the ins and outs and you study all the tapes and you you become a master of the sport but you never learn to physically condition yourself like you don't learn how to work out and you don't learn how to mentally condition yourself for the stress of games uh, you know what i mean like if you don't mentally condition yourself you don't physically condition yourself how can you ever expect to perform at a high level? Mm-hmm. And so the same thing we do in our work, right? We go to school for years, we we get degrees, we study, we intern, we you know we do all of these things to become experts in something. Yet we spend very little time focusing on the approach to work, and and that to me is like a massive. It's just a massive gap. And when you start looking at at the way to correct that, like I say, it's not rocket science. It's a bunch of really simple to implement habits it just takes discipline and it takes belief that you once you get around the bend of that suddenly man you're just getting so much more done in so much shorter of a time like the amount of things that i am able to do in a week while still having time to sleep eight hours a night and sauna and jump in my cold plunge and play board games with my wife at lunch and like go for walks with my dog in the woods like it it doesn't sound possible right like but it just it's just it's just um I've been really focused on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, what, you're, what you're digging into is, is is an increasingly important concept because we are now working from home and we are either, you know, 100%. focused on our we, – we're either getting better at the work that we do and minimizing yeah. our stress or we're floundering and we're, you know, 20 feet away from the refrigerator and six feet away from the television and four feet away from the bong and, and people just, you know – Hundred percent. We're just sort of left to our own devices, and for me, especially in this podcast, like I'm curious about lifestyle. Like, yeah, it's it's important. I know it's important to you. It's really important to me. I want to have as much. That is, to me, that's the heart of biohacking, right? And it's Mm -hmm. same as lifestyle hacking. How can I get the most from the least? How can I put in the least amount of effort? to get the most amount of output, not because I'm not just, just because I want to, I want to have the free time to do the Mm. things that bring me joy. And, and for a lot of people right now, they're really struggling with trying to figure out how to do that. They, they, they know that what they're doing isn't working, um, Mm. and, and looking and looking for tools. So, so who is, um, who is nature of work kind of aimed at? Is this at like uh, the gig, you know, sort of gig economy? Is this freelancers or is this anybody and everybody? I mean, our original niche was basically entrepreneurs and founders, like people who have a lot of autonomy over their time. Like what you just said was really interesting, right? Suddenly we're working from home and there's all these options. Like we suddenly have more freedom and autonomy about how we go about our day because no one's looking over our shoulder. Like for a lot of people who were working in office environments and stuff like that. And they also had structure. Like they knew they had to show up roughly around nine, maybe even if it's like a modern workplace, you got to show up at some point in the morning. Um, Everybody leaves at a certain point. There's basic formalities that sort of structure in your day when when you take away all of those parameters um you're left with like uh, a a level of freedom that i don't actually think people know what to do with right like and and a lot of people like we have somebody who just started one of our cohorts um this week and she said something really interesting she said you know i used to work for a big agency and I decided to go out on my own, and now I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm new to this, and I'm realizing, wow, it's a whole different ball game because I, it's all up to me what I do with my time every day, you know, like everything rests on my shoulders, and I think that level of discipline, um, 
is new to a lot of people who are working from home. Yeah. So I, I think originally I designed the program specifically for founders, for entrepreneurs. Um, it were, it's really, really relevant to freelancers or anybody in the gig economy. And suddenly the, the audience has gotten a lot wider because anybody really working from home has a level of autonomy that they didn't necessarily have before. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think everybody, I think everybody is feeling a little bit more like an, in, like an entrepreneur. You're working on your own projects. You get to decide, you know, how you structure your day and it has to be this way. You know, that's, 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 that's where giant corporations are going and that's where little tiny, um, yep. little tiny agencies are going and it just has to be that way. Um, yep. can you give us just an idea of like one tool from, uh, mm -hmm. from the course that, uh, that, that people might not be aware of? Yeah, for sure. Um, one, uh, I'll, well, let me pick one. So one, one thing I think is that people get a lot of value of is this, I'll give you two. One, one is this idea of opening and closing your day, your work day every day. And, and what that means to me and what that means in the program is be, before you open your email, before you start your work, before you, you know, start scattering your brain all over the internet, you spend, you know, you spend 10 minutes, just 10 or 15 minutes, um, looking at what your priorities are just like looking like, and there's other aspects of basically building out your priorities on a daily and weekly basis in the program. But you look at what your priorities are. You look at what, what you have to do for that day or what you want to get done for that day and you block it into your calendar. So you basically actually just outline, okay, there's, you know, I've got 20 things I could do, but there's three things I'm actually going to be able to do today. Mm -hmm. And that takes the emotional stress of a big list that's never ending off the table a bit and allows you to be like, okay, I can get those three things done today. Right. And you put those into your calendar. And then at the end of the day, closing your day is to review what you got done, actually cross off a list somewhere or check an item off in your project management software or something, have some ceremony around finishing something. Um, and also wrapping up your day and saying, okay, I got these three things done today. That means tomorrow I'm going to focus on X. And that allows you to end your work day with a sense that your mind isn't wondering, oh shit, did I forget something? Oh, what have I got to do tomorrow? Is there something important I'm not thinking of? Like it allows you to relax in a way in your personal time that I think a lot of people struggle with right now, especially when their environment doesn't change at all. Like they just go from their bedroom to their living room or whatever. Right. So that simple habit is a big one for people. And for some it's the start your day because they're not organized throughout their day. And for a lot of people, they're having a lot of trouble disconnecting yeah. from their work so that they can enjoy their family or their dog or their partner or themselves. Right. Like, yeah. um, and so ending your, like closing your day with basically a little ceremony is, is really key too. So that's, that's one thing that I'll say. The other thing that I feel is really valuable and a big part of our program is just personal daily reflection on what's working and what's not. Um, so just looking at, um, like one of the questions we ask in the journaling every day is how was today out of five and what made it great and what would make, what would have made it better? And when you do that on a daily basis, it's, it's so much easier to n notice trends and to pick up on things. Like we had another guy in a, in a, in a cohort just say, you know, he's like a few days in, he wrote us an email. He's like, you know, I'm four days in. And I realized that every day, what makes my day great is this one thing. And I hadn't thought about it, but that's so important to me. And I didn't even know that, <laughs> you know? Because when you look at things on a daily basis, again, it's easy to you, easy to remember how the day went, as opposed to trying to look back on a week or a month or something like that, where you look back and you're like, why did this month suck or why was this month great? 
daily is is a really tangible way to make difference. And then asking yourself, well, what's one thing I can do tomorrow to improve the quality of my day? And like you make a one percent difference every day, like that's a huge, a huge upward curve. Like that's a parabolic growth in terms of the quality of your life. Right. Yeah. Success leaves clues. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about, um, this is going to be interesting because you're you have been an entrepreneur, and I just want to kind of point out the obvious thing is you know when 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 someone like yourself who mm-hmm. went from musician to agency, like uh, musician to running agencies and starting businesses and mm-hmm. working with people all over the world. You want to learn from Steve how to do this well. You know, you don't you don't necessarily want to learn this from from someone who hasn't actually gone through this process to to work out the kinks or you, you don't want to this is not theoretical, right? This is proven. These are these are abilities that you've that you've cultivated. I just want to like sort of state the obvious is that for yeah. for, for a guy like for a guy like yourself who has figured this stuff out and then is now sharing with it, that's a that's a good sign. Well, yeah, and I appreciate that and I like to just build on that a bit. Like I built this program for me because I was a chronic overworker. I was a chronic burnout entrepreneur, like who was always so ambitious and so excited about the things I was doing that I would grind myself into the ground and then have to take a month off or figure my shit out or I got sick or I got kidney disease or like, you know, like I, I put more pressure on myself. I mean, like any entrepreneur, I think that I think I think that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit is you have a drive in you that is at one on the one hand, like what makes you successful, and on the other hand, what really can be damaging and can ruin friendships and ruin relationships and you know affect your health long term and all these kind of things. So first off, I built this program for me. And second of all, yeah, like I've run large teams, I have a huge technology background, I know what's realistic. And all of that. And three, I spent two years researching all of the best neuroscience and all of the best physiology research. And like I spent two years in on research websites and reading books and doing something I'd actually really never done, which was literally like acting like a researcher and compiling hundreds and hundreds of, of academic articles and like figuring out how to parse those into a system, you know? And, and a lot of it just uh, filled in my intuitions, but it also... In, in some cases really informed the path forward for me. It helped solve my own problem. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the classic sort of end of one, you know, yeah. life, life hacking, biohacking. Like I had this kidney thing, I had to figure it out. <laughs> that's right. Well, no, and my kidney specialist, for instance, my kidney specialists are blown away by my progress on my kidney is getting healthier and they don't know that that they didn't know that that was possible. Right. And they're like, man, I wish there's more people like you so we could study you. Hmm. You know, so it's, it is end of one. You, you gotta, you gotta be listening to your body and listening to your own, you know, solving your own problems for sure. Yeah. Well, the, the, the folks listening to this podcast are no stranger to that, you know, um, finding, finding ways to, to, to get better, to understand your biology and your brain and to understand, you know, yeah, your, man. your, your weaknesses and blind spots. One, one thing that, that I think was kind of an interesting topic to, to bring up, um, with a guy like yourself is, um, the sort of uh, balance between work and life and work mm-hmm. and play. And, um, you know, there's lots of different schools of thought. You know, if you ask Gary Vaynerchuk about, you know, work ethic, you know, it's hard <laughs> charging all the time. Go, 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 go. Never <laughs> slow down. You know, I'll rest when I die. 
And then there's, you know, there's there's people on the op, op, opposite of the spectrum, which is, you know, do do just enough, you know, Tim Ferriss four hour work week style, which is like just automate everything, just do as little as you possibly can, and and that's what's going to make you successful. But I'm interested about your your perspective on the uh, the the balance between work and life and work and play. Like, can can and should they be closely integrated? And and if so, like, what's mm. that what's that sweet spot as far as you know? Yeah. You know, I think it's really personal for each, like for each individual to, to answer that question for themselves because, but I, I think the real question for me and the question that I've been exploring for the last number of years and is, is at the root of everything I do and all of my decision-making about my life is what does it mean to live a good life? Mm. What um, we have, we have one, one, you know, one life on this planet and what truly drives, uh, you and making sure that you're not like, I, I think there's some people that work their asses off and I, and I'm, I'm probably one of them. Now I have, I do do a lot of fun things and I have a lot of hobbies and I'm building things on my property and I'm making music and like, I'm pretty diverse. So I'm not buried in work. 24 seven, but I also don't have a lot of free time for, um, just fucking around or watching movies or, you know, things like that. I'm pretty selective about that. Um, but I think like there's some people who work their asses off and, uh, and get a, a tremendous amount of deep, true satisfaction, like the process and what they're doing is really meaningful to them. They're learning the whole time. They're they're deeply alive and in flow and, um, yeah, loving what they do. I think there's other people who are working like that out of a uh, out of either desperation, or out of some fixation on a future outcome. Like, I think if you're working your ass off because you think that when you make X amount of money, you're going to be a happier, better person, like then I think you're in really dangerous territory. I think anytime you're seeking external outcomes to find contentment or find joy in your life, you're, you're on the wrong path. Hmm. Um, so I, I think like for some there, the, the thing that is most rewarding to them is leisure time with their friends and family. And for those people, they are not going to connect on a maybe deep, meaningful level with their work. They probably in jobs that they don't care that much about. Um, and they do it as a means to an end. And that is what it is. I mean, I think the the closer you can get to finding purpose in your work, like I feel like really lucky that I have um, lucky and for some reason something clicked a long time ago. It's like only only allow good things that you find purpose in into your life. Like yeah. only do those things. <laughs> and, 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 and I had some belief in, in the universe that if you focus on those things and you're creating value that they'll pay off one of these days, you know, like, yeah. like even when I started down the agency path, I had a, I had a, like a more traditional agency for a few years and we were working with like just big corporate clients, N nothing like evil or whatever, but just big corporate clients. And I was doing pro pro bono work for these little nonprofits, um, off the side of our desk kind of thing. And like I just realized one day how much time I was spending on the pro bono stuff and how much juice it gave me, like and how much love I felt for those projects and for what I was affecting in my community. 
And um, it made me realize that, you know what, I'm going to spend a lot of hours at work. I don't want to be working on corporate, like corporate stuff. Like it's just not for me. And for some people it is like, that's not a judgment statement. It's just a personal preference statement. And, uh, and that's, and I left my agency like very shortly after to my um, former partner and I just gave him my half of the agency and I started my, my last company, which I just sold. And we worked exclusively in the social sector with nonprofits. Hmm. And when I started that agency, all my buddies who were in the agency space at that time were like, what are you doing? Like, how are you going to make a living? Like, what are you doing? I was in a, my, my last company was really fast growing. We were working with big national companies. It was going well. And I thought, I don't know, like, it's just what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing. That's, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm doing. And 10 years later, it, it allowed us to work with some of the biggest nonprofits and foundations in North America and to branch out of our city and no longer be a regional player. Um, and, and all of these strategic advantages for our company, but really it all came out of, I just want to work on cool shit. Like I just <laughs> want to do something that gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now, and, and then, and then, uh, like a couple of years ago, I started realizing, you know what, that's been great. But what I'm really passionate about is helping people wake up, and raise consciousness and achieve their their full potential. And that's when I was working on nature of work and starting to get into the psychedelic space. And I and I thought, well, and then last year it's like my company's profitable. It's growing every year. I basically didn't have a job anymore. I was getting paid to do nothing. And I was like, no, I gotta move on. And again, my business buddies are like, that's crazy. That's the exact wrong time to leave your business. It's it's paying you. And and I was like, well, I don't want to have to think about it at all. I have new things to think about. Yeah. More things that are more important to me. It's time to like jump off the cliff again. Yeah. And, and, and do something new because that's what drives me, you know? So I think it's, it's, it's really understanding what drives you as a person, like what gets you out of bed every day and figuring out how to do that at all costs and, and trusting that if you do that and that you, you, you get good at it and you'd create value for people that it will pay off, you yeah. know? Yes. Oh man. I, I, I cannot, I could not agree more. I mean that the, the Joseph Campbell follow your bliss quote is, is real. If you, if you listen to your intuition, if you listen to your heart, if you listen to that, that gut feeling, or it's like, Oh, I don't really want to be doing this or, Oh my gosh, how that lights me on fire. I want to, I want to follow that. And I, I went through the same process when I sold my float centers, um, you know, people were like, why wouldn't you just want to keep a piece of it? And it's like, well, cause I don't, I've, I'm that chapter is done. I'm like, I, I'm over it. I'm, I'm over it. I, I need, I need to move. I, I'm no longer Sean, the float guy, you know, <laughs> I'm now. Yeah. And like, you didn't want to be Sean, the float guy ever. You didn't want to talk about floats ever again. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's, I don't, I'm not, I want to, I, I want to keep reinventing myself. And, and, and I yeah, think, man. you know, some folks, you know, who fall into the camp of like means to an end and, and working at a job that, that just, you know, that, that pays their bills. What, what I found in my coaching is, is, is purpose is so important, right? You could you sort of look at, I have this tool, this life positioning system that looks at eight different categories of your life, really classic personal development tool. And for a lot of guys and gals who are really successful, you know, money's good, Health, you know, sometimes is good, um, and oftentimes, like family and purpose and spiritual development, not as good. And, mm -hmm. and um, you get kind of caught up in stuff. But I would love to talk with you about 
um, about purpose a little bit more deeply. Yeah, man. And this is not a fair question. I'm just going to say it outright, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you think that purpose is created or found? Um, I think it's cultivated um, and I think it's created and found. I guess it's the same thing in my mind. Like, and and that's like a dumb answer, but the the reason I say that is, and it's so you're you're so right. Like with your coaching clients, I have the same thing with some people that I work with. And then I was having a conversation with some close friends of mine, very successful entrepreneurs, about this very thing. We were talking about that exact thing. Like, I I think that purpose is found when you spend the time to look inward right and if you if you don't cultivate uh that introspective practice with yourself if you don't know who you are mm. and what makes you tick and like what your what your inner dialogue and monologue is that makes you do weird things and the right things and the wrong things and what drives you and like if you don't start clearing out the old stories and the the weird programming you have from your parents and your past lives or wherever the fuck you're getting it from. <laughs> like if you, if, like if you're not, if you're not digging deep purpose is, is invisible. But I, I say to people, like I, I also mentor lots of young people and, and they always ask me like, how did you find your purpose? And to me, it's like, it's always been right here. It's like <laughs> right in front of me all the time. Like the list of things that I want to do if I have five extra minutes is never ending. There, mm. There's so many things I want to learn and do purpose has never been a problem for me, but I think that's also because I've spent most of my adult life doing introspective things to just understand what I'm, what, what makes me tick, you know? So, so I think it's found, but I think it's found by creating that space and cultivating that inner practice and, and, and digging deep. Like purpose ultimately is just making lives better, your life, other lives, just moving life forward it, when you boil it right down almost all purpose is that it's just figuring out like triangulating that against what are you awesome at what do you love to do you know what are your special gifts like what is your ikigai mm. kind of vibe right mm. um so so i just think that's how you that's how you find purpose i love that answer i love that answer when you commit to it when you have the habits that will that will kind of light your way down the tunnel. Um, then you start to, you start, it starts to become more clear to you. And if you never think <laughs> if you're so distracted by, you know, television and push notifications and you never are thinking, well, what do I really want to do? You know, then you're not going to figure it out if you're not thinking about it. It's not just going to knock you over the head. And f I think for a lot of folks, they 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 combine this concept of oh what my purpose has to be my job like i have to make money doing my purpose and i mm -hmm. think that's dangerous because we glorify you know you know people who have made their made their their life and their career part of their purpose. And I don't think that's very common. I don't think that, that y your, your story is, is very common for people. What, what's more common is that, that people work a job and it works for them and they do their thing. And then in the meantime, they just love re reading novels and they love playing music or they, you know, they love psychedelics and they, they find themselves being pulled in that direction. Uh, mm -hmm. And they, 
they think of it as sort of a hobby and rather than like that, that's, that, that could be, there's something maybe over there that you can go pursue, but you have to be intentional about it. You have to clear out the cobwebs a little bit and understand mm-hmm. like, why does that speak to me? You know, for, for, I think for many people, it sort of goes back to like when you were a child, like, what were you into? What did you love to do? What did you wonder about and think about and fantasize about when you were a little kid? And, mm-hmm. and honoring that, that sort of childlike wonder that is stamped out of us and, um, driven out of us by, by culture. And, and I think that, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like, it sounds like I like the idea of the purpose is found when you're looking for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you're never going to find it if you don't invest in yourself. Like if you don't invest and I'll, and I'll say there's a caveat too. Like there's a lot of people, we are in a privileged position to be able to think about what is our purpose. There's a lot of people who are trying right. to get from zero to one in terms of just basic income and who are just grinding out three jobs and doing like, you know, grinding. And, and there's not, there's just no, there's no space for purpose. Right. And, but like, as soon as you're above that level, um, and, and that, then, then you, then there's just, it's just an option. Like it's an opportunity and it's, it's a choice to, to step into that. Right. Mm, yeah. And I think for most young people, like, and I don't mean like you're 20 and you're broke, but your parents put you through college and whatever, like, that's not what I mean by grinding and you don't have room for purpose. Like anybody who's in that position, the, the, the sooner you start saying, okay, I am going to shift my career. I'm going to shift my life's work towards purpose the sooner it starts happening this and and as soon as you get into a flow where you're doing a job that um isn't your purpose like the easier it is to for that to snowball right like you got to create that momentum for yourself and and it, it just, you have to start somewhere and earlier in your life is much easier than later in your life yeah yeah things you know? get, things get complicated as you go along you've got car payments you've got you know animals yeah all the material bullshit yeah all the material bullshit and that and that's why i think like what you said um uh like follow your bliss that it's such an important concept and it's a really slippery concept these days because we're so well we're just told by marketing and social media and all this shit that like bliss is found in material wealth and um or or in status or in um, identity or in all these things and it and it's really important to, to to know what true contentment is, true joy, true um, passion in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's very different than making a certain amount of money or yeah. having certain things. Yeah, yeah. It's not the stuff. It's the it's the sensation, right? It's the it's the. It's not the status, and it's not it's not it's not the internet fame, and it's not. There's there's so many false deities in 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 our in our in our culture um, that you have to just really be aware of because they're just traps. Yeah, right. And they're they're getting they're becoming more and more slick. So that like yeah, more and more slick following you around the internet saying you know you do you do want a Tesla. No, you you definitely want a Tesla. You're gonna you're gonna figure out how to get a Tesla. This is you know yeah. Okay, so you're going to have to tune in for part two, which will be published very shortly, to hear about where we go and the work that Steve does with 5-MEO-DMT. A quick distinction, Uh, 5-MEO-DMT is not the same as NN-DMT. 5-MEO-DMT is taken from the Sonoran Desert 
Toad. There's also a synthesized version of it. And we talk about how this ties into personal development, how we can expand our consciousness, how we can touch in with something that is universal and uh, awe-inspiring. And so from here, we dive into uh, <laughs> into some pretty uh, interesting territory that we have not covered yet on this episode. So stick around for part two, which will be coming out soon. Uh, just a couple of things before I let you go. Um, I would really appreciate if you love this stuff to share this with your friends. It just takes one minute. If you enjoyed this this conversation, please just text it to your friend. Um, that's all, or two friends, or you know three friends. That's that's all I ask from you. Um, also, I'm going to be consolidating some of the uh, websites and stuff. I know that that the that the work I do as a coach and the work that I do with the podcast and the products and stuff it's kind of all over the place, and that's my fault. Um, and I am going to get better. I want you to be able to access as many episodes as possible. I want you to be able to access as many promo codes for discounts as possible. So I'm going to be consolidating everything onto seanmccormick.com. So you can go to my personal website that will have, that will house all of the podcast episodes. Um, for those of you who are still waiting for the virtual biohacking assistant uh, email from me, that'll be coming out um, this week. We're we are ready for the second pilot program. The first pilot was with friends and family, and this one is it's going to be good. So keep your eyes out for those of you who have connected with me and said, I'm in. Um, if those of you uh, have not done that, if you want to be a part of the virtual biohacking assistant, which will consolidate and give you lots of resources regarding the health uh, considerations that you are interested in uh, to hack your body, to hack your brain, and to hack your life to have be uh, m- more productive, more focused, more energetic, with more vitality, to look great and feel great, um, send me an email, sean at seanmccormick.com, and just say, I'm in, and I will add you to this pilot program. Uh, It's coming soon. So uh, if you want to get involved in that and you want to see what we've been building, which is going to be dope, just send me an email, sean at seanmccormick.com that says hello. And then also I just want to say thank you to Natural Stacks. Natural Stacks is is my favorite supplements of all time. Their MagTech product combines three different types of magnesium that help uh, help you relax in the evening time. Um, they help with headaches, helps with um, sore muscles, and uh, it is one of the sort of key supplements and vitamins that I take every single day from Natural Sacks. I take their curcumin, I take magnesium, and I take uh, vitamin D3 because those are um, incredible products. So go to naturalstacks.com and use the code OPP15 for 15% off. And until next time, everybody, I will see you on the internet. Oh, before I let you go, if you're still listening, well, thanks for sticking around. Send me a DM. Uh, I uh, I want to I connect with you guys. I, I want to talk to you, learn about you, see what you're into, see what sort of topics you want to hear on this podcast. You have so many damn options now. You can listen to any podcast. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast and it continues to bring insights into your life, I really appreciate that. Um, drop me a review on Apple podcasts and um, say hello. Okay, everybody, I will see you on the internet.